Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So Joe is at home today because you almost certainly have Omicron. Yeah, Judy's got the vid, and so yeah, I almost certainly do. Although uh, she just feels like she has what she called a weird cold. I feel great, or as good as I ever feel, which is mediocre. But So I feel like I usually feel. Yeah, somebody texted, the weird part of that cold is gain of function. That's what that feeling is. Mm, that's the Fauci effect. Yeah, because when I had it, it did. It, there were weird elements to it. Like, I've never felt this before. You could, you could tell. It's, it's hard to explain. but It's like love with more mucus. So, um, I don't know how many in, you know who Stephen A. Smith is. He's one of the most well-known sports announcers in the entire world. If you're into sports, you know who he is. But he got COVID recently and got quite sick. Here's a little bit of And the only reason I play this is some people get sick. We're a Omicron is way overblown show. And it is. I'm not worried about Omicron at all. I don't, I don't worry about it at all for me or my family. But here's a guy who got pretty sick. I just feel, excuse me, obligated just to talk to the audience real quick about what the last month has been like. For me personally, it hit me differently. I had a 103 degree fever every night, woke up with chills, a pool of sweat, uh, headaches were massive, coughing profusely. And it got to a point that right before New Year's Eve, I was in the hospital New Year's Eve into New Year's Day. That's how I brought in the new year. And they told me, had I not been vaccinated, I wouldn't be here. That's how bad I was. I had pneumonia in both lungs. My liver was bad. um, And it ravaged me. So I wondered about that. And I I don't know how good the science is on that. When I I got pretty sick. Didn't have to go to the hospital, thank God. But it was about as sick as I've ever been. Um, And I wondered, if I were not vaccinated, would I be sicker? Do they know that? He, he says his doctors told him that, that if he weren't vaccinated, he would have died. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Well, I, th- I think, yeah, the, the science of it would suggest that. I wonder, was he like one of the few uh, remaining Delta cases, one of the last of the Deltas, or did he get hit that hard by Omicron? I don't it know. it does happen in, in rare cases. It's, it's, so, it's such a weird disease, though. There's still a lot not known about why it affects some people the way it does. Mm-hmm. We know if you're if you're obese, it's much worse for you. If you're old, it's much worse for you. But some random forty-year-old healthy people die, and they're not exactly sure why, but it can happen. Thanks, China. So here's a story I don't understand at all, and that frightens me. I'll just read the headline or the first sentence. Walmart is preparing to create its own cryptocurrency and collection of non-fungible tokens. Okay, I'll sit down now and let Joe explain what the hell that means. Oh, no, no, don't you do that to me. Walmart is starting a cryptocurrency? I don't know that I've ever felt this unprepared, unaware, un something about the way the world of finance works. Walmart, one of the world's biggest companies is creating its own cryptocurrency and collection of non-fungible tokens. I don't have any idea what that means. I don't know what they're preparing for. I don't know what they think the future is going to look like. I don't know if I should be happy or excited. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Now, I could see that just being like a publicity stunt, the uh, cryptocurrency thing, in that, you know, 
Walmart doesn't seem to have a problem with getting people to pay for their goods. Well, I mean, they seem to be doing a fair amount of commerce. Well, here's part of it. The cryptocurrency part of it I don't get, but the non-fungible tokens part of it is this. Walmart sought several new trademarks in December that show it intends to make and sell virtual goods, such as electronics, decor, toys, sporting goods, and personal care products, all based on the idea that they think lots of people are going to be participating in the metaverse a virtual world that blends aspects of digital technology. So there are going to be a lot of people that have a, I was going to say imaginary, but that's unfair. It's it's accurate, but it's unfair. Um, that have a virtual world that they live in, and they need to buy uh, furnishings for it, just like their real apartment. So Walmart, just like it sells furnishings for real apartment are going to sell furnishings for your virtual world wow i'll tell you how slow i am on the uptake i thought you were talking about like uh, coffee tables without sharp edges in case you're careening around in your meta glasses no and you no, crack no, your no, head. no 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 yeah, no yeah you virtual do. furnishing yes they think enough people are going to be participating in the metaverse and that world that they need to be able to sell just like they do in the real world toys rugs sporting goods everything Psst, folks I'll meet you in the real world. We'll hang out. Are there going to be like six of us in the real world and everybody else is off in the meta world? Even better. <laughs> if your friends are jerks, don't tell them. <laughs> As a guy who got his kids the uh, the Oculus Quest 2 for Christmas, which is a VR thing, part of what Zuckerberg's trying to get up going with the metaverse, um... I could easily see it happening. I don't know. It's hard to predict these things. I've been wrong about so many of these things, but I could easily see it. Yeah, I don't know. The whole, uh, you'll sit at a meeting around tables and everybody will have an avatar, an icon. You'll be a cartoon character as you get together for the quarterly sales meeting. I just don't see that appealing to anybody. It strikes me as hype and silliness. So but, okay, that's no, interesting. Wrong. It's interesting that you think that you think it's hype and silliness. I think the gaming is is incredible. I think it have could have great educational applications, but I think people check into it then check out again. Except for the truly crazy who will get lost in it, like they get lost in drugs or porn or or you know the, or you know the, the Farmville or whatever <laughs> and ruin their lives. Uh, well, a, a couple of there are a number of billion dollar companies that think you're wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm well aware of it. I don't I don't know. I don't have any idea. When I first put on that helmet, I thought this is what everybody's going to be doing. Everybody's going to be doing for what? Everything. Everything. Wow. Your Saturday night, you will be sitting in your apartment that might not need anything on the walls or the floor or anything like that, because in, in, your, in your mind's world, uh, everything is decorated with the stuff you just bought from the, the Walmart. Um, uh, <laughs> you don't leave your home because you're hanging out at the bar or an apartment or wherever with all your friends, looking at each other and talking to each other just like you would in real life. You just don't have to, have to actually go. I don't mind. I mean, not to come off as a snob or anything, but can like IKEA do this or Scandinavian design? Or oh something wow, aren't well? you? Yes, uh, Michael, you have an yes, opinion. Yeah, no, I think Walmart's aiming this at the younger crowd. They know this is an upcoming thing, but I think older people are going to hate this. There, yeah, I was going to say that about Joe's prediction. There is a possibility that it's just um, 
It's not something 40-year-olds or 50-year-olds ever do, but everybody younger does. Yeah, well, it sounds like a dystopian nightmare to me. Why? And, And I'm having trouble coming up with exactly why, although this either makes me a great philosopher or will be completely unsatisfying for people. I just think it's a question of falsity. You are engaging in something that is not real, and that never leads to more happiness and satisfaction. It's virtual, but it's not real. I think it just, and again, I don't know because I haven't lived in that world, but I recognize the smell of it from a hundred other things that are bad for you. Uh, I just think it's empty. It sounds like empty calories in an incredibly sophisticated and seductive way. Because, again, it will have wonderful benefits in terms of entertainment and, again, education. You know, surgeons will see the, the, the pulsing heart in front of them. And just it'll be great for training in various ways. But there will be a certain percentage of the population that will reject reality for that twisted reality. And I think it'll be to their detriment. I'm not sure you'll ever have to leave your home or your apartment. That, you'll that do sounds all, horrible. You'll do all your uh, social stuff. In your apartment with your headset on? All your work stuff? Am I ever going to touch anybody? Am I ever going to smell their their skin? All right, Joe Biden. Feel the warm breeze. You're going to nuzzle their neck there, Joe Biden. Trying to make it a bad character. And I find myself being mocked. (laughs) Just, you know, are you going to actually pet a puppy or are you going to have a picture of a puppy on your Oculus set and special gloves that make it feel like a puppy's fur is touching your hand? Oh, it's just like reality. And then, and then. The Matrix controls you and puts you in a prison. I guess my question would be, why? Why what? Why why do this as opposed to reality? Because it's easier? Michael's, most people's Michael's, reality is pretty, pretty yes. limited unless they're crazy rich. Michael's nodding his head because it's easier. Yeah, like I was talking about last week, I've, I've seen this. I have been on the uh, the open back patio of a be- beautiful giant mansion looking out over the ocean as the sun is setting, mm. and it looks pretty freaking fantastic. But I got this headset on, and it's going to be a thousand times better in three years because yeah. of the way technology works. And, I, and, and you're right. If you have limited means and you live in an apartment with no view of anything and uh, uh, 800 square feet, Having the reality of sitting out there would be pretty cool. Even if it's not the full reality. Yeah. And I'm not entirely I, convinced of my own argument, I'll tell you that. I think it'll get close to, it's very, very close to, if not exactly the same thing as no. the full reality. No way. No Why way. Not? Why not? You're missing the humidity of the ocean air. You're missing the Turn on smell. the shower. You're, <laughs> you're a problem solver. I'll give you that. <laughs> You're missing the smells. You're missing just the the atmospheric pressure. It's stuff you're not aware of at all, but your brain is. It will be inauthentic in a hollow facsimile, a, a, a simulacrum, if you like big words, of reality, and it will not be good for the soul. Again, I'm not sure exactly why, but I just my spider sense is tingling. Found it pretty interesting that Walmart's going so big on this. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, you know, people sell a lot of uh, the uh, the fentanyl too. People want fentanyl; it kills them. 
but the Mexican cartels are going big on it, so it must be great. I, guess. I, I love it when you make arguments like that. That's um, a good argument. Good um, and solid. I think I won. Let's take a break. Hey, I Wait. bought a new couch at Walmart. You want me to help you move it? Oh, no, no, no. It's a virtual couch. It just uh, I paid for it, and it just showed up in my living room. So, so you can sit on it? No. But right. I look over there, and right. there it is. Yeah, it's, I have trouble with that. If I get tired of the pattern, I change. If you know anything about it or have any comment, uh, the text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A new complaint in an ongoing lawsuit alleges that Facebook, a subsidiary of Meta, and Alphabet, the parent of Google, essentially worked together to rig the advertising market. The suit, brought by Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton and joined by more than a dozen states, says that Google's CEO, Sundar Pichai, and Meta CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, made a deal in 2018 that allegedly guaranteed Facebook would bid on and win a certain amount of ad auctions. That's uh, Jackie DeAngelis from New York, and we'll have more on that report. I will tell you this. That aired on Special Report with Brett Baer. Uh, I had to watch it twice to comprehend it. I'm not sure I do. I do know this from being in the advertising industry, is that a lot of money went away from radio, TV, and newspapers to the Facebooks and Googles of the world there for a while. And a lot of it has come back because companies were not getting the results. And we found out in all kinds of different ways how they exaggerated uh, the effectiveness of this online advertising. And it has not panned out that way for whether it's Ford or Pepsi or whatever you are. Right. And as a reasonably bright guy who knows a fair amount about this stuff, I think the fact that I had to watch it twice to get what they're driving at is part of the story. I mean, they, they were manipulating prices through an agreement to auction off a certain number of ads. To blah, blah, blah. Wait a minute. What auction? What what mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Uh, Jackie DeAngelis uh, describes it a little bit more. Now, newly unredacted details shed light on allegations that Google misled publishers and advertisers for years about its ad auction pricing and process, that the company created secret programs that deflated sales for some companies while increasing prices for buyers. Google allegedly pocketed the difference between what it told publishers and advertisers that an ad cost and used the pool of money to manipulate future auctions to expand its digital monopoly. The suit also says that what Google is doing inflates advertising costs. Those increases get passed on to consumers. So the good folks at uh, Google and Meta essentially came back, or Alphabet and Meta, I should say, came back and said, that's not true. None of it's true. You're a bunch of lying liars, and our <laughs> lawyers are going to prove it. Oh, boy. So we'll see this play out in uh, court. I actually know a guy who's an attorney who represents Facebook. He's a hell of a nice fellow. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, they are involved in litigation all over the planet and will be f- till the end of time. Sure. So big, so powerful. Hey, here's a story we should at least mention. So the jihadist that took the four Jewish people hostage at the synagogue in Texas, 
Thank God well, he was all... not specifically targeting the Jewish community, except that he was specifically. So said the FBI and President Biden. They both walked that back yesterday as more details. Well, you didn't need more details, but more details came out, and they were in a position where they had no choice but to admit that it was because they were Jewish, and he is a Muslim extremist, and that's what it was all about. Uh, a number of people have pointed out how Joe Biden was perfectly willing to jump to the conclusion that Kyle Rittenhouse was a white supremacist, but not willing to jump to the conclusion that a Pakistani demanding the release of an Al-Qaeda terrorist taking Jews hostages was possibly a terrorist. He didn't want to jump to that kind of a conclusion Yeah, on day one without more facts. Kyle Rittenhouse, clearly a white supremacist. I mean, I don't need any Based more facts. Based on nothing. Look at yeah. him. He's a white supremacist. You can tell by looking at him. Wow, you're right. That's that's unbelievable. It is, and the FBI did the same thing. FBI did the same sort of thing. We have wow. no reason to think that these Jewish people were targeted because of their What are you talking about? Turns out this guy specifically wanted to find a collection of Jews, the closest collection of Jews, to the federal prison where his Al-Qaeda babe buddy was being held. That was his specific purpose. Why would you shoot off your mouth knowing nothing? That's uh, that's stunning to me. Yeah, it is. Um, also, the, the the whole story turned out to me not the way I, the first time I heard it. The first time I heard it, the FBI ran in and rescued him. One of the uh, the rabbis threw a chair at the dude, and they all ran out the door. Then the FBI went in and killed the guy. Is the story? So, right. if a hostage ever comes or if anybody ever comes into your building with a gun, throw a chair at him. That seems to be the effective method. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Is it a big deal to you that Joe Biden spent a quarter of his first year as president in Delaware? It was pointed out that uh, Trump was the first president, I think. But he also didn't really live there. Biden doesn't really live at the White House. He lives in Delaware. And he goes there, like, you know, to work during the week at the White House. And Trump did the same thing. He spent all, he'd leave Friday afternoon, come back Sunday night, and then every vacation, which they take lots of vacations, they spent, Trump spent at Mar-a-Lago and Biden spends in Delaware. Maybe that's just the new modern way presidents are going to do it. I don't, we're not going to live there. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been president, so I don't know how necessary it is to be there in the old building. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not sure it's a big deal at all. Um... Unless you're trying to hide a senile old man. <laughs> well, they are trying to do that. True international pressure. Pa- I don't know if that's part of it. Right. Uh, so there is an election later this year. I don't want to talk about it a lot because uh, we're not that kind of show. But what are the issues going to be? I don't think it's going to be voting rights or January 6th. The Democrats seem to think it's going to be denying people the right to vote in January 6th. I don't think hardly anybody's going to have that on their mind. You know what? People might. What guarantee you're going to have them in their mind? Which party kept my kids out of school? Which party punished children during the COVID? Which party made me shut down my business? I think that stuff's going to matter. Which party's pushing critical race theory down our throats? Yeah, honestly, it might not get past much past the who's letting the kids go back to school question. I mean, Virginia was just a, a huge political story. The way that race went to Yunkin. 
the new... Because he said, put the kids in school. Right. He ran uh, on this uh, almost entirely. And uh, he gave his first big speech yesterday in, in front of both houses there in uh, 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 Virginia. Republicans and Democrats. You've seen State of the Union addresses before. Your side usually cheers and the other side sits there. The other side, the Democrats, sat on their hands in silence during and after he said this. My message to parents is this. You have a fundamental right enshrined in law by this General Assembly to make decisions with regard to your child's upbringing, education, and care. And we will protect and reassert that right. Really? No Democrats applauded that? Nobody stood for that? Nobody? Nobody? I would applaud, but the teachers union would hit the red button on my compliance belt. That is something. I thought that was something universally everybody could get behind, but uh, apparently not. Uh, well, you got any comment on that before I go on? Well, you know, the, the lefties would say that's actually just code for trying to destroy our public school systems in the name of racism, which doesn't make any sense, but that's what they would say. Rich Lowry of National Review said it still doesn't seem to have dawned on Democrats that getting on the wrong side of parental responsibility and involvement is a stone-cold political loser that potentially will cost their party dearly for years to come. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Keep branding yourself as the party that doesn't think parents should have this role. See how that works out for you. Good luck with that. Last hour, we shared with you on a piece by Jonathan Chait in New York Magazine, which was begging his friends on the left, folks, our our COVID policies toward children in schools have been an unmitigated disaster. Not like I'm saying disaster to be dramatic. It has been a horror. And if we don't wake up and admit that and come to reckon with it, we're going to get murdered in elections for a long time, and I think he's absolutely right. Again, Glenn Youngkin, Governor of Virginia, said, parents have a fundamental right enshrined by law to make decisions with regard to their child's upbringing, education, and care. And we will protect and reassert that right, and no Democrats clapped for that. Tim Sandifer uh, tweeted out this quote from a Supreme Court ruling a hundred years ago. That's how long ago this precedent, precedent is. The child is not the mere creature of the state. Those who nurture him and direct his destiny have that right, coupled with the high duty to recognize and prepare him for additional obligations. In other words, it's up to the parents. I think it's notable that Youngkin pointed out that the uh, the laws were enshrined in this very chamber. It's Virginia law. It was passed right here. I mean, where we're standing in this room. Yeah, well, I don't like it, said all the Democrats. I don't think it should be the parents. That's dangerous. Well, remember, that that McCulloch, what was his quote that got him in so much trouble? I don't think parents have any should have any role in what we teach in schools. That's what right. lost him the election. Absolutely. Because the young could only won by, what, a couple of points. It was close. What lost the election for McCulloch was saying, I don't think parents should have any role in what's being taught in the schools. What? Said almost everybody in America. Or certainly the majority of us. Well, right, including, you know, parents of all sorts of political stripes, but the intelligentsia, the activist groups, the Twitter mob, the, the congressional staffers, they haven't caught on to that. They have this cognitive dissonance, this deep-seated denial of that truth, which gets back to the Jonathan Chait piece. He's saying, look, look. 
quit swigging down the Kool-Aid. We've done a terrible, terrible thing here. And the loss of the Virginia governorship ought to be proof enough for anybody of how true that was. But it's not enough. Uh, Complete change of topic. You know what my current obsession is? I go from obsession to obsession with reading, generally. Charlie Chaplin. I'm obsessed with Charlie Chaplin all of a sudden. Really? Yeah. A little tramp. The silent movie star from the early 20th century. Right. Uh, who was the biggest celebrity in the world. By far. Maybe ever. Not the most known person. I still think Trump is the most known person in the history of the planet. But Charlie Chaplin was the biggest celebrity in the history of the world in that he, he could show up practically anywhere in the world and giant crowds would come out to cheer him. Uh, really interesting stuff. And then uh, also maybe the most amazing rags to riches story in the history of rags to riches story. You can't get more poor hmm. than Charlie Chaplin was as a little orphan kid, practically orphan kid, growing up in the slums of London. And then becoming, at a fairly young age, the biggest star in the world. And wow. insanely wealthy. Wow. And then, because he sided with the communists, uh, having a very unpleasant end to his life. Oh, really? See, I was just going to ask, does this end badly? Because I couldn't remember. Uh, I don't know how happy or unhappy he was, but he uh, he got more or less booted out of the United States. And uh, for some reason thought communism was a good idea. Looks good on paper. Uh, yeah. Have you watched many of those old silent films, the Charlie Chaplin classics? I have not. I just been watching some of the highlights as I've been reading. I'm working my way through his autobiography, which is just the way it's written. Fascinating. Hmm. Um, about life living in the slums of London. Well, that's yeah. Great biographies are about the time and the place. Well, this is an autobiography. The, 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 oh, really? Yeah. 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 Um. Well, likewise, autobiographies. Right. Uh. And then the biographies, which fill in a lot of the holes, because most people write autobiographies with a certain, you know, we leave things out and leave things in. and maybe Not me. I'm going to write my autobiography. It's going to be a hit piece. I mean, I'm not going to cooperate with my autobiography, and I am going to condemn it when it comes out. Uh, but he showed up in America in 1912 or something like that, vaudeville tour. And uh, very quickly caught on and then started making movies and just became a smash hit, like overnight sensation, in a way that you wouldn't think would have been able to happen back then, the way it can now. You know, now you can get a TikTok video and be giantly famous by this afternoon. Of course, nobody will know who you are tomorrow, as opposed to the way (laughs) fame lasted 100 years ago. Well, the vaudeville circuit was the AAA. It was the feeder to to films frequently. Mm -hmm. Had a habit of marrying and impregnating sixteen-year-olds, which wouldn't be uh, so, not so admirable. So cool today. No, no. Yep. Oh, speaking of which, you hear Matt Gates' uh, girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend, got granted immunity, and the feds don't grant immunity unless they know what they're going to get. Is she the one that w- was seventeen, and he may or may not have brought her across state lines? I don't know exactly who she was, but I was reading analysis of it saying that she absolutely can speak to the sex trafficking. And what was the other? I can't remember the other charge, but um, that uh, this was a big, big development, they thought. I saw that on a similar sort of thing. Ghislaine Maxwell is not going to fight the release of the anonymous names in there. There's like eight celebrities that 
could be in big trouble now that she her lawyers are no longer going to fight to keep those names secret? Well, their lawyers will, though. That was part of her filing, was saying there's no point in me standing okay. up for these people anymore. So it wasn't okay. clear to me. I read the whole thing. It okay. wasn't clear to me if it was of any significance. President Clinton? Hmm? Allegedly. Prince Andrew? Yeah, that's kind of out. <laughs> What's his name? The lawyer that I generally Alan like? Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz. Yeah. That one troubles me. Oh, of course it does. Yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah. Hmm? So anyway, Chaplin. I had no opinion on uh, Prince Andrew. <laughs> I couldn't have picked him out of a lineup. Um, the uh, I've just been seeing some quotes from uh, Senator Chuck Schumer, who's given a, one of your fiery speeches about how we're all a bunch of white supremacists. You're a lion effing phony. Because so, we don't oh, want I'm to sorry, ch- folks. You didn't need to. Hear <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm a little upset. I probably got the COVID. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, because. Uh, because Judy, your wife, has the COVID. She is tested positive, so I've shunned her. Have you taken? <laughs> have you taken a test? No. I was wondering, is there any point? What's the point? Well, especially because I'm. I think I'm asymptomatic. I, you know, as I mentioned last year or last week, rather, I always get laryngitis from doing this show. My throat always hurts at the end of it, but it really—it's all the really screaming hurt. at the staff during the commercials. Well, that would probably help. Um, but last week, I remember after the Monday show, I thought, "Why does my throat feel like this?" And I just uh, was unusually tired uh, on and off last week. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I've had it, but I don't have any symptoms now. So I'd almost certainly get a false negative, even if I got the Chinese bad fever. Right. As I've been saying with the instant tests, because this is my experience, a negative doesn't tell you anything. A positive tells you you've got it, but a negative tells you nothing. Right. And unless I get very sick, the only thing it'll do is satisfy my curiosity. And, uh, you know, like I had to get a mas- I had to cancel a massage appointment this afternoon because my back's all jacked up. No offense, Jack. Um, <laughs> uh, and that's the only significance. I got to think, oh, I probably shouldn't do this or that. That's the only significance to me. I'm not afraid of dying or anything like that. I'm. I'm vaxxed and boosted. The chances of me getting seriously ill are practically zero. She did that I, out of the kindness of your heart to not breathe on the, the masseuse? I, I thought I ought to leave it up to her. So okay. I let her know. Look at you treating your underlings like uh, real people. I, 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 well, underlings? Would I pay? Please. <laughs> we will finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The artist formerly known as Kanye has a new song. Uh, Ye released a (laughs) snippet of his new single, during which he appears to be making a threat against his ex Kim's new boyfriend. God sent me from that crash just so I could beat Pete Davidson's ass. Pete Davidson, though, Ariana Grande wrote a song about him. Now, Kanye's got a song. Pete is one Taylor Swift away from the heartbreak trifecta right now. Hmm. Huh. Didn't realize he threatened Pete Davidson in his latest tune. That's interesting. Pete Davidson, for fans of classic rock, has become the Patty Boyd Harrison of the modern era. Famously, uh, George Harrison's wife, uh, Eric Clapton's wife, the paramour of a number of British guitar slingers who wrote songs about her. Uh, let me run through a couple of things I got here real quick. A single page of a Spider-Man comic book just sold for $3.3 million. 
Um, so if you have an original first-run Spider-Man comic book, tear it all up into individual pages immediately. Right. That'll make you more money. Funny. Cracker Barrel has been ordered to pay $9.4 million to a man served a chemical instead of water. God, I, mean, I love Cracker Barrel, but man, that seems like a lot. Uh, we we're talking about virtual reality. What, now. Well, what did it do to him? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we're talking about virtual reality and how Walmart is investing a ton of money in it. Jack, I traveled the world in virtual reality when I was a kid. It was called Viewmaster. Click, click, click. <laughs> Good one. If you want to know about virtual reality, watch Ready Player One to see what the metaverse will eventually be. I've had about 100 people recommend that to me. I need to check it out. Is that a movie or a TV show? I don't know what it is, but it's a Spielberg movie. I was just told in my ears. Um, and uh, it's supposed to be a great idea of what virtual reality will become. So and I assume it turns into a dystopian nightmare, like I predicted. I will have to check that out. Uh, Jack, have you taken your kids to Spider-Man or what? I, I have not. Uh, I should. It's a very popular movie right now. Um, I've heard it's quite good, too. Quite entertaining. Also got this tech. Jack, you cackle like a maniac. Okay, thank you for that. How many maniacs does that person actually know? You know? I don't know. Unless you know several maniacs, don't go around accusing people of cackling like them. It's unfair. The Cackling Maniacs is a good band name. Oh, yeah. Toured with 10,000 maniacs. That was a good show. We have reason to believe that he's a maniac. It's a good show if you like maniacs. Oh, uh, with the opener of Insane Clown Posse, which is kind of a different <laughs> thing. I mean, we're not... Yeah, but there's a fair amount of crowds. Exactly over. a maniac, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, we got somebody who says they did the ivermectin, and uh, they were sick, and they did the ivermectin, and now they're fine. I I don't know if that proves anything. I think you might have been I know fine. It, it doesn't, but it doesn't not either. True. True yeah. that. Right. It's just fairly useless. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm, uh, for instance, my wife's got the COVID. Okay. Give her some horse paste. I'm going to insist... That she immediately ingest a tablespoon of Grey Poupon. And then when she's inevitably better in three days, I'm going to say, Judy took Grey Poupon and she's better. And that'll have zero significance. No offense, my friend. You guys boosted or just the first two shots? Oh, we're boosted AF. Okay. Please. Armstrong and Getty, you have disappointed me for the last time. These are your final thoughts. We're on a Star Wars kick at my house. We're at uh, we we did we did Return of the Jedi about half of it yesterday. Oh, so good. Here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get everybody's final thought to wrap things up for the day. Our technical director, Michelangelo, is pressing the buttons in the control room. Michael, final thought. Uh, yeah, I'd like to play a scene from Charlie Chaplin's action film. <laughs> That's okay. good. Sorry about the profanity. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I like Young the- Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. Alex, do you have a final thought for us? Yeah, that was great. Hey, um, my grandfather's not doing too well. He had a fall this last weekend, and uh, I wanted to take my time, wish him well wishes. He has some stitches put in his lip. Uh, keep fighting, sailor. Wow, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, best wishes, uh, Granddad. Uh, Jack, do you have a final thought you'd like to share? Going to be a lot more speeches today out of uh, the leadership and the Democrats about how we live in a white supremacist country. Man, oh man, oh man, you're playing with fire. We, we can't continue to go down this road where it's okay to claim 
the country's full of white supremacists or that guy's a white supremacist or whatever. Come on now. I think they're committing political suicide with a lot of this stuff. I really do. Boy, I hope so. Or half the country just comes to believe it and we have an all-out race war. I'll cede my final thought to Drew the Millennial who writes, Guys watching the NFL game last night, the Rams and uh, Phoenix, on the back of their helmet, their new slogan, Be Love. Be love? What in the hell does that mean? I know your time is valuable, but if you find a spare moment to mock how obnoxiously dumb that is, I'd be very happy. Well, Drew the Millennial, I saw Be Love on the back of the helmets, and I got to admit, I thought, is that like a new Beatles release, or how do I be love exactly? What does that got to do with anything? Which team had that? I think it was Arizona. It might have been both teams. Oh, is that an NFL thing, maybe? Yeah, they all they always have on the back bottom of their helmet one of your post-George Floyd woke slogans. I and last night's it. was Be Love. All right. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. we got your hot links for you. A lot of good stuff to click on, look at, read, whatever. Email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com if there's something we ought to be talking about. You can grab all the podcasts if you missed a part of the show at the website or wherever you like to get podcasts. Get yourself some A&G swag, all at armstrongandgetty.com. We will see you tomorrow. God bless America. You gotta be kidding me. I said bye. Let me say let me say one thing. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Point of personal privilege. The sexy, sexy Nordic countries. You got the Aurora Bora Sea Alice up there. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Please, I'm locked in my with my Swedish one. That's Jay Leno right there. Tough crowd here tonight. Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.